Good morning. Uh, I think earlier this week I said uh, seven days down, 14 more to go. And that was actually quite depressing for a lot of people. Uh, but after today, um, five more days. Sorry. But after today, this morning, uh, there's five more weekdays next week and then a couple more. So it's really down to just seven more early morning EMPs. Um, two ways to approach, uh, you know, and I think it's for me, it's always both. One is um, I can't wait till it's over so that I can eat again. Uh, and then the other one is, oh, but I, I really savor this time. I, I really want to get the most out of it. And it's really special to draw near to God uh, during this, um, what seems like forever, but really is just a handful of weeks uh, seeking after the Lord. Um, and so I'm just trying to encourage you guys, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we're almost there. Um, we're going to continue on in Genesis chapter 42. Uh, verse 1. It's quite a lengthy passage as well. I'll try to read it. Uh, Now Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, and Jacob said to his sons, Why are you staring at one another? He said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt, so go down there and buy some for us uh, from that place, so that, they may live, so that we may live and not die. Then ten brothers of Joseph went down to buy grain from Egypt, but Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers. Remember, uh, Jake, uh, Jacob had uh, four wives, right? So, uh, two wives and two concubines. Uh, and so Benjamin is the, the same mother as uh, Joseph. And so uh, Jacob lost Joseph um, and favored Jake, uh, sorry, Joseph. So Benjamin also is, is a, a favored son. <clears throat> and he didn't want to lose him. So verse 4, But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brother, for he said, I am afraid that harm may befall him. So the sons of Israel came to buy grain among those who were coming for the famine, uh, for, the le- for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now Joseph was the ruler over the land. He was the one who sold, who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he disguised himself to them and spoke to them harshly. And he said to them, Where have you come from? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. So this is that moment that God had planned all along to bring the family back together, to bring Joseph's past smashing into his life to the present. Uh, verse 8, But Joseph had recognized his brothers, although they did not recognize him. Joseph remembered the dreams which he had had about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to look at the undefended parts of our land. Then they said to him, No, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. Yet he said to them, No, you have come to look at the undefended parts of our land. But they said, Your servants are twelve brothers in all, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no longer alive. Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you will be tested. By the life of Pharaoh you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you that he may get your brother while you remain confined that your words may be tested. Whether this is true, 
whether there is truth in you. But if not, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison for three days. Now Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined in your prison. But as for the rest of you, go carry grain for the famine of your, house, uh, uh, famine of your households and bring your youngest brother to me so your words may be verified and you will not die. So at first he wants to keep them all in prison, send one, prove it. Uh, the operative word is prove it. Prove it that you're not liars. Prove it that you're not evil. Prove it that you're not sinners. That's the operative word. And then he feels guilty and he feels bad because to keep them all is, is to literally to withhold grain from the families and their wives and their children back at home. So then he says, okay, I'll keep one, which is Simeon, and, and all of you go back to your homes. Does that make sense? Okay, so he changes his mind and says, okay, I'm not going to keep you all in prison. After the third day, he felt bad. Okay, I'm going to um, release all of you. I'm going to keep one, you know, but still bring back Benjamin. He gives them grain, carry grain for the famine of your households and bring your youngest brother to me so your words may be verified and you will not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, truly we are guilty concerning our brother. Truly we are guilty concerning our brother because we saw the distress of his soul when he pleaded with us, he pleaded with us, yet we would not listen. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not tell you, do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? Now comes the reckoning for his blood. They did not know, however, that Joseph understood, for there was an interpreter between them. He turned away from them and wept. But when he returned to them and spoke to them, he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to restore every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. And thus it was done for them. So he ends up keeping Simeon, gives them the grain that they purchased, and then gives them back the money that they were going to use to purchase. So not only, so they got the grain for free. So, so Joseph is blessing them secretively. So they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed from there. As one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money. And behold, it was in the mouth of his sack. Then he said to his brothers, My money has been returned. And behold, it is even in my sack. And their hearts sank. And they turned trembling to one another, saying, what is this that God has done to us? Verse 29, When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, the man the, Lord of, uh, the man, the Lord of the land, spoke harshly with us and took us for spies of the country. But we said to him, We are honest men. We are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no longer alive, and the youngest is with our father today in the land of Canaan. The man, the Lord of the land, said to us, By this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me and take the grain for your famine of your households. Go, but bring your youngest brother to me that I may know that you are not spies, but honest men. I will give your brother to you and you may trade in the land. Now it came about as they were emptying their sacks that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw their bundles of money, they were dismayed. Their father Jacob said to them, you have bereaved me of my children. Of my children, Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more. And now you would take Benjamin. All these things are against me. 
just incredible turmoil. Uh, I mean, just emotional pain. The past, which maybe some semblance, right, of the family have moved on, you know, and, and, and they all have families now, and it's just like, you keep building, you keep moving on, and, but, but the history of the past just keeps coming back to you, right? At different stages in your life, the thought of your past mistakes keeps rearing its, its head. And, and here they are, and, and you know, 20 years later, and it just seems like everything's okay, and boom, the father once again, broken, as if, as if he's reliving the first moments of that pain. All that pain comes comes you know, uh, uh, ushering into his memories and thoughts and it's raw even though his body has aged even though materially and circumstantially things appear to be much better yet every time the thought comes it just it just brings him down in addition to that now he he he, he foresees that he's going to lose Simeon his son and in addition to that to save his son Simeon then he has to send his son Benjamin and so just this pain just compounds. It actually never really goes away, right? You bury it, you don't deal with it. It actually, over time, with more family, more love, more, it, it to a degree compounds and, 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 it's, and it's, it's painful. Uh, then Reuben spoke to his father, verse 37, saying, you may put my two sons to death. If I do not bring him back to you, Put him in my care and I will return him to you. That is, is a really significant statement. And, I, and I'll come back to that in, in a moment. But Jacob said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he alone is left. If harm should befall him on the journey you are taking, then you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol in sorrow. Jacob says, No. He says, I, I'm not okay with that arrangement. In chapter 43... The, uh, I believe it's the firstborn. This is Reuben. Remember, Reuben was the one who uh, uh, tried to prevent Joseph from being harmed when, you know, the first time around. So, so you know that Reuben always has a heart uh, 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 for his father, for his brother, uh, but, but fell short. In chapter 43, then, we'll reinforce and we'll cover it on Monday. But the eldest son, Judah, uh, he takes it upon himself and his own life. Uh, and the, whatever provisions he would be to take care of his family, uh, he, he gives a word to the father saying, I myself, and it will be on my name. And then uh, uh, Jacob, father of the twelve, uh, consents. And then, and, then, and then they decide together as a family. Um, yeah, this is, uh, again, this is such a rich chapter. Um, You know, and, and we've been repeating over and over how, how uh, God wants to restore and heal our families. That the whole gospel narrative uh, that we preach, you know, with Christ as the, the center, it all hinges on, all, all has to do with a broken family, right? God the Father, Trinity, perfect unity, perfect love. Uh, uh, you know, they said, let's create humanity in our nature. Let's create humanity in our image so that they too can experience this perfect relationship that we have. Well, to do so, then we need to give them free will. 
right? Because a, a robotic love or automatic love or mandated love is, is no love at all. It must be a free will of your own volition. So therefore, humanity is given free will. Free will, in essence, is the choice to choose God or not. To, to see God favorably or not. Uh, the whole uh, uh, Garden of the Eden and, 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 and eating of the fruits is really, uh, for me, the, the, the heart of the narrative is their vantage point, how they choose to see God. Uh, uh, up until that point, uh, they chose to see God in the utmost highest character, that He is good, that God is good. When we say things like God is good, what we're saying is even when things aren't good, we absolutely believe that the character of God is good. Right? And so we attribute more to our circumstances, to the fallen world and sin, and never to God himself. Right? So in any con- context or situation you're in, uh, uh, in any moment of doubt of God, you're actually revisiting the Garden of Eden. You're, you are actually Adam and Eve sitting at the tree. And in that very moment, whatever struggle or, or, or thing you're in, in that very moment, you, you are reliving Adam and Eve and saying... Even though things aren't going well, even though I'm not sure, even though I, I, I have questions and doubt, the real eating or not eating of the fruit is in your own heart and mind to decide whether or not God is good. Right? Because if we attribute all sin and fallenness and circumstances, even that have come back to bite us, to our original sin of, of humanity, of all mankind through Adam and Eve, then, then we're in a position right there to decide, no, even though my circumstances are bad, even though things are bad, I still believe that God is good. And that really is the battle for every believer. Ground zero. If you're asking me, where's the battle for every believer? No matter the circumstances, in a fallen, broken world of sin, invited through humanity because God made us in, in His image, and uh, 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 you know, forcing people to love Him or, or not giving them an option to choose Him is no love at all. And so therefore, all this has befallen on us. Yet God has a redemptive plan despite our free will and choice to not choose Him, to then bring redemption through Christ if we would believe Him. And so every battle begins with, is God good? And that's why, if you haven't figured it out yet, we always say God is good. And you might have thought, well, 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 well yeah, but God is good, but how come wars and how come deaths and sickness? And Yeah, but that's, that's, that's the question. Is God still good? And our declaration as a church is, yes, God is good. Um... And so the whole narrative is, is based on this family. It's broken and, 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 and the, the cos, cosmic declaration that God is good is that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Um, in so many places in the New Testament, so many places in the New Testament, uh, the demoniac who was demon-possessed, uh, uh, chained up by the tombs on the outskirts of town, you know, family abandoned. I'm sure they loved him. I'm sure they tried what they could. But at some point, the person was just too toxic. The person was just too hurtful. I mean, the person had, you know, hundreds of demons, right? So at some point, they had to make a call to preserve the community, to preserve their family, and had to cut the person out. Um, lost, uh, you know, children telling boogie stories about, oh, that, there's a guy out in the tombs. He's crazy. He's possessed by demons. Jesus comes on the horizon, the, 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 the man runs to him, falls to his knees, the demons cry out, all the demons manifest, all the worst parts of the person. Jesus heals him. He comes to his mind. The, the demons, multiple demons, goes into a herd of pigs, boom, gone. People are freaked out, uh, uh, more freaked out about the person than even before. 
This guy says, I will follow you. This previously demon-possessed man, broken man, abandoned by his family, abandoned by his community, says, I will follow you. I think this guy would have been the most devout follower of Christ. And yet he says to him, go home to your family. Jesus is entering a boat. The guy wants to join the boat and says, no, you go home to your family. Uh, and he goes back and testifies of, of God's goodness. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 19. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Uh, the Lord, or, or God, wants us to be a testimony uh, to our brokenness. What's interesting about this is then you have a handful of people that the Lord just calls out. And, 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 you know, disciples or whatnot, right off the beach, right out of their marketplace and calls in. And so, so I, you know, I, I'm, still, I'm still processing this, but I think there's a combination of one aspect of God knows where you're mostly needed. God knows where your gifts are. God knows where you can make the greatest impact. So sometimes it may not make sense to us where God is asking us to serve, but trust that God must have a reason. And so this person in particular is gone. Others are called right out, right into the right hand core center of Jesus. Uh, it's, it's, it, and part of it might be there's, there's still deeper or broader healing to be had. Um, this person's spiritually and physically healed, but Jesus also wants to uh, heal him relationally. So probably the hardest thing for this person to do, for someone who says, I'll do anything for you, and the hardest thing Jesus asks them to do is go and reconcile with their family. Um, and, 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 and God wants to heal him relationally. Uh, I can tell you as a parent, and, 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 you know, are, are, uh, also thinking of my parents that there's nothing uh, um, a parent wants more than to see all their children come together and, and simply have a, a fellowship of a meal together. Uh, there's something about a father's heart or a mother's heart uh, that just wants, you know, we have Chinese New Year coming up and special holidays. We just want all the children to come together and uh, uh, be pleasant and happy and, and, and enjoy a, a wonderful meal together. Um, when you look at the passage here, uh, you see that God is wanting to bring healing in the, in, the, in the relationship. Joseph has moved on, but God is literally, God loves Joseph too much to leave him as he is. Because if he has success and brokenness without healing, um, you know, a lot of what he does or, 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 or a lot of what our drive may be is to prove our worth. I'm, I'm worth it. My, my brothers are wrong. My mom and dad is wrong. They were wrong. I'm totally worth it. I'm, I'm lovable. I, I, I can make something of myself. And so then a lot of times we operate unknowingly out of this brokenness to prove our worth when like a child, all we really want is our, is our parents' love and unconditional love and covering. And when we feel like we don't have that, then there are other outlets by which we feel like we have to attain this type of uh, 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 affirmation. And so God loves Joseph too much to allow Joseph to believe that his success is the source of God's love. Right? That, that because he did these things, God must love me. And God is here to show him, no, 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 it's not me. I, I bless you for these things and there's reasons, but I love you because I love you. And, and your family loves you because you love you, not just because of, uh, of the grain. And he's going he's gonna to show them how. Um, 
I think this is it, it's just so rich in so much detail and narrative and I think it's so easy to miss um, but they come before Joseph uh, not knowing that it's Joseph Joseph recognizes them uh, they bow down and immediately Joseph is you know, flashback to that dream he had uh, of when he said you're going to bow down and this is what the dream means and well, at this point it means something totally entirely different uh, now with context now with details it, it all makes sense uh, um, they're not necessarily bowing down to like worship him but they're literally desperate they're dying they're crying out for help you know kind of kind of a bowing down uh, it's a totally different context um, I think if everyone knew or had the foresight or these details that maybe they would have treated each other a little differently but they didn't they just automatically assumed the worst uh, something is spoken and you just automatically assume that means that you think you're better than me boom you know, you know, 10 brothers who hate their younger brother, right? But if they had known the context, famine, wives, children, cousins, parents, whole communities will be wiped out unless they beg for mercy and grace for grain. I mean, it, it, it totally makes sense. It's, it has nothing to do with I'm Lord over you or I'm, you're, you're, you're beneath me. Um, and I think that that's a context that we lack. I think that's something that supernaturally we have to ask God for discernment and wisdom. When there's an issue between an individual or a group of people, to ask God for the bigger picture. To ask God for, for His heart in the situation. Um, and, and oftentimes we, we jump to conclusion. Oftentimes we think the worst of what someone, we, we perceive that this is what they're thinking of us when oftentimes that's not anywhere even close. And that is the battle. That's this predicament. So check it out. Joseph comes. Reuben answers them saying, uh, uh, okay, so, so Joseph is there. For whatever reason, uh, uh, Joseph needs an interpreter. I, I don't know. Maybe because he'd been away from his family and from his childhood, he couldn't understand Hebrew for whatever reason. But they're speaking in, 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 in Hebrew. Uh, uh, the scripture tells us that there's an interpreter. So they're speaking freely. And Joseph, because there's an interpreter, this is what the scripture says. Uh, maybe like me, broken Korean can pick up certain details, but not the whole picture. Uh, um, and so, so he fully understands what they're saying. They're listen, he's listening to the dialogue. And they're talking about their younger brother, Joseph. In front of Joseph, not knowing that it's Joseph. And they're saying things like, Did I not tell you not to touch the boy? Probably something Joseph never heard before. Probably thinking that they were all in on it together. That nobody loved him. Oh, wow. Reuben actually cared for me? Reuben actually said not to... Uh, um, you know, the brothers are saying, man, we made a huge mistake. You know, it's because of the sin of our brothers, man, we should, you know. And so, like, Joseph is seeing that, wow, there's a little bit of remorse. I thought you were happy that I was gone. You're actually a little bit remorseful. You're actually a little bit regretful of what you did. I mean, Joseph is hearing this for the first time, open book. And so it's hitting him that for someone maybe he despised or hated or thought that they... The idea that they might actually still care for him. That there might actually still be a, 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 a heart or, or, or care for towards Joseph. I think that that really struck a chord in his heart. And, and maybe he didn't anticipate or expect it, but like, like it really caught him off guard. It caught him off guard how much of an impact this event and his family still had on him. Of course it would. Of course it would. 
man, I can lie my whole life and say I, I, I'm okay now. And, and, and I look at me, look, you know, I, I've moved on and I have my own family. But of course it still hurts. Of course uh, uh, I, I still carry it in my heart. And so when I, you know, I was thinking about this and, and I was thinking about uh, projecting this on my own situation and thinking like, what if my dad came to me without my asking? Or what if I overheard a conversation of my mom and dad and my dad saying things like, man, maybe we were too hard on Sam. You know, maybe, maybe that one or two times we shouldn't have gone to that extreme. It, you know, I, 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 I believe that they believe this, but to hear it, I think, would, 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 would minister or melt to some degree. And then for us to dialogue and, and for me to say it's okay and things like that. And so, so I, I, I'm seeking opportunities. I'm seeking that out. So Joseph is going through this. They did not know, however, that Joseph understood. And so you're seeing little snippets here over maybe 20, 30 years uh, of time that has passed of this remorse that Joseph is, 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 is now being aware of. As a result, Joseph is moved. And instead of keeping them all in prison, and, 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 and he could have put them to death, he had the power to say that they were spies. He then uh, uh, puts them in prison, and then he releases them because of this, because of this dialogue, because of this literally two or three sentences. It seems so little, but it was so profound. Joseph's heart was moved to say, I'm gonna let you guys go. You probably have wives, you have children, you have cousins, you have a community, you have servants, you have animals. They're all gonna die. Keeping you here for a few weeks, uh, you might go home to a dead you know, infant or something. So why don't you all go, here's a grain. And then uh, uh, he secretly gives them the money as well. And then, and then I don't know, the, the thought pops up again, okay, well, I'm gonna keep one of your sons <laughs> or one of your brothers, Simeon, and then I want you to bring Benjamin. Uh, and so um, look, look what it says in verse 23. Then he said to his brothers, My money has been returned to me, and behold, it is even in my sack. And the scripture says that their heart sank and turned trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? What is this that God... They're, they're baffled. They know that the uh, 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 second in command of Egypt does not see them favorably. They saw it in his eyes. I'm going to kill you. You're going to go to prison. And they know that they're goners. And just like that on a whim, boom, all of a sudden they're released. All the grain is given to them. And their mud is like, what is going on? They had a conversation talking about all the biggest mistakes of their lives of, of not preserving and protecting Joseph. They, they openly had a dialogue. They know they should be judged. They're expecting reckoning. They're expecting judgment. They're expecting punishment. Not only are they forgiven and released to let go, but they're blessed. They are going crazy right now. What is God doing? You know, the scriptures, uh, um, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Right? Um, Proverbs 25, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. This is literally what Joseph is doing. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will, burn, you will keep burning coals on their head. Have you guys heard that phrase? Do you ever wonder what that meant to, to, to have uh, burning coals heaped on your head? Right? They're going crazy. They don't know if this is judgment or some kind of weird twisted, uh, 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 you know, something, something bad is going to happen to them. 
Um, they can't understand the warmth, uh, uh, the heart of God's love for them. They should be receiving judgment, but they're receiving grace and love. Um, this is, in, in effect, what, what, what um, Joseph is doing. And uh, this is what we also can do. When people wrong us, when people hurt us, when people offend us, we can love them, we can give them kindness, we can give them uh, a grace. And then the Lord will do the work in the person's heart to transform and change. It's not our job to change people. It's not our job to convince people. Uh, we love, we show kindness, and God, I know, the heaping coal, you could say, it's kind of like the presence, will come and, and, and turn the guy's or the person's head upside down. Uh, they'll wonder, where is this love? Where is this grace coming from? And, and I believe it's, it's ultimately the kindness that leads us to repentance. So uh, uh, Joseph gives kindness. The brothers are going out. They don't know what's going on. I think, I think everything that was hardened has become like jello again. <laughs> You know, whatever foundation they built their life on the past 30 years has become shaky again. And everything is being questioned. Everything is, they're wondering. Um, their hearts sank and they turned trembling to one another saying, what is this that God has done? They go back home. They relay all this to their father. And they say now they have to bring back Benjamin to get back Simeon. Um, and two key takeaways this morning. One, we already saw that the brothers are remorseful. That the brothers are repentant? Remorseful. But are they repentant? Are they willing to turn around going one way to fully take the action of turning around? The brothers are remorseful. Joseph sees that. His heart is turned. Um... Are they repentant? How do we know that they've changed? Many years have come on. They're, they're a different person than they were when they made that mistake. The person that made those poor choices and mistakes, the, the, the people here today, that we are, we are different people. How do we know that they have changed? How do we know that they have grown? How do we know that we've mourned? How do we know that if we've sinned or fallen or, or hurt, how do we know that we've grown? How do we know that we've uh, uh, matured in Christ? It's, 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 it's very powerful. It's, it's a, a couple key things. Um, the bottom line is um, they, both Reuben and Judah and the other brothers, to a degree, listen, this time through, they're willing to lay down their own lives and the lives of their sons to preserve their younger brother. Do you guys understand how huge that is? They wanted to kill their younger brother because they felt like uh, uh, he was better than them or they felt like he's going to get more and, and, and they felt like it, it made them feel less. Now, many years later, how do you know that they're remorseful? How do you know that they've changed? How do you know they're not the same person that made those mistakes and choices? They themselves as brothers are now willing to either put themselves on the line to die to preserve their youngest brother Benjamin or even willing to put their own children, their own uh, uh, heritage or legacy, future on the line to preserve. That's, a, that's night and day. Before they, would, they, they didn't care for their brother and would sell him into slavery for their own benefit. Now they're willing to give up everything to preserve 
And so they're, they're not the same people. Their hearts have changed. They now, what, what's happening here? What, what, what's changed? They now see the Father's heart. When, when previously, when they were sons, before they had families, when the Father says, I, I, I favor Joseph and it's going to be a blessing, it's going to bless our whole family, they saw opposition, they saw competition, they saw favoritism, they, 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 they despised their father, they, they despised their brother, and so they killed their brother. What has changed significantly, they, now, they, they can now see Jacob's love for, uh, for uh, Benjamin, they see the father's heart, they see how grieved he was when they lost Joseph, they see how grieved he would be if he lost Benjamin, and so they've taken upon what the father sees, the father's heart upon themselves, and we can't... Uh, allow our father to be grieved in this way because my father loves Benjamin so much and we saw how much he grieved when he lost Joseph. I, I, I carry my father's heart. I want to go out and preserve Benjamin. I'll go out and lay myself out on the line. They have become truly uh, 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 an embodiment or they carry the heart of the father. They've truly changed. They're not the same people. They're willing to go out and, 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 and make amends. They see how much Jacob loves Benjamin and they want to honor and please him. They mess up the first time. They want to make it right the second time. This is uh, uh, the gospel. Jesus is the son of God. You know, in Solomon's porch, we haven't done teachings on this yet. You may have heard some sermons or whatnot, uh, but you could call Jesus uh, a true son, a true son of the house. Why? Because he sees the Father's heart. He knows that the Father loves him as the elder son. But he also has the capacity to see beyond his own protection. Jesus has the capacity to see beyond his own success. Jesus has the capacity beyond his own comfort. And he sees the Father's heart. And he sees that he's grieved that he's lost his children. And Jesus knowing and seeing the Father's heart and being a son of the house will then go out to retrieve the lost sons and daughters of the house. Jesus is truly a son of the house. Uh, Reuben and Judah are now truly sons of the house. They weren't before. They were self-serving, but now they see. And so they put it on themselves. And so they're going to go back and tomorrow, on Monday we'll read and... Uh, um, this is going to be what Joseph sees, that, that these brothers today are not the same brothers yesterday. And if God can forgive them, then so can I. If God can forgive me, then so can I. And uh, just a really uh, beautiful uh, uh, testament to Christ um, really being... Uh, the son that sees the father's heart and obeys the father's heart and is willing to then lay himself down uh, on the line so that his brothers and sisters could come back home. Amen? Amen. This is our Lord. This is our Savior. This is our King. This is our leader. This is who we follow. This is who we submit to. This is who we worship. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and then uh, worship team will come up. And as we just uh, uh, come before the Lord this morning, one, I pray that you can see the Father's heart for you this morning. Think about it. The Father's heart for you 
was aching so much, loves you so much, that he would send his son and lay him on the cross to retrieve you. And two, I pray that the, that the Father would, would allow you to see his heart, to see those that we struggle with, to see those that we are, are quick to judge, and that we would not see the outside, but that we would see what God sees on the inside. And uh, let's just reflect and give thanks that Jesus is the brother who went to the Father and said, No, I will go get them. I will save them. I will retrieve them. Let's bring them back home. And that's what Jesus said to the Father for you and me. He is truly our elder brother. And uh, Lord, we just give you thanks, Father. And we just want to respond and worship you in this time.